Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you and we just thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as saints a couple thousand years later and celebrate the fact that Jesus, the Lord of Lords, is alive and working. And he's alive in our hearts and he's alive in our city and he's alive in all the world. And God, we get to look to you today and celebrate this good news. We honor you. We thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts. We pray that you would open up the word of God to us today. And everybody said amen. Amen. Luke chapter 24, I just want to read the text that you just saw in the video. Let's just go over it. It's the famous text. It's the Easter text. It's the risen Savior text. It's what we celebrate today. All right, here we go. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood up. By them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their head to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Here's the phrase. He is not here, but has risen. The risen Savior, Jesus is alive. For for me, you know, we kind of live in a Facebook generation where people kind of give their opinion. I like this. I don't like this. I'll give a comment on that. I'll give my commentary on your statement. And so we kind of live in a culture where, yeah, I'll decide what I want to believe. I'll decide if I want to like it. I'll decide if I don't like it. But if you're an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you're one of these eyewitnesses here, as we read the text, if you're one of these apostles, if you're one of the disciples, if you're one of the people that lived 2,000 years ago and you watched him, you watched him be whipped, you watched him die on the cross, you saw him die. I mean, he was dead. You, you knew, you saw that he, he went into the tomb. Maybe, maybe you're one of the followers that walked with him. And, and then there is this reality that he comes and walks on roads and talks to followers. He comes and walks through walls and talks to people. He shows up and he's a real person and he's eating fish with people. He's suddenly the resurrected savior. He died, but he's back, but he's here. Then all of a sudden, the idea on what I think, what my opinion is, do I like, do I dislike, do I like what he preached, do I not like what he preached? It's a little bit different for the early eyewitnesses because what they're saying is, ah, he's God. What did he say? (laughs) He's God. What did he preach? He's God. How did he live? He's God. Woo! In fact, when you look at Paul, Paul actually did not like what he was saying. Paul was trying to persecute the church, snuff it out. He was actually trying to destroy the church. And yet when Jesus appears to him in Acts chapter 9, he suddenly makes a U-turn on the way that he's been living. And all of a sudden is. Oh my goodness, he is king, he is God. Whatever he said, it is true. And I think that on this Resurrection Sunday, one of the fun things that we can capture is this. Though we live in a culture that really puts you at the center, really kind of says, well, what do, you, what do, you, do you like this? Do you not like this? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You want to comment about this? My prayer today is that we would possess a conviction He is risen. He is Lord. He is God. He was dead and he is alive and he's the king. He is God. 
And so you can imagine for each one of these guys that experience seeing the risen Savior, the enthusiasm, the willingness to voluntarily give their lives for the proclamation of who he is. And really, as Christians, who we are is a people that have heard the good news. We've heard about Jesus. We've heard what he's done. We've heard he has saved us and he's transformed us. And we come to this place where we say, I believe and I'm not perfect, but I'm going to go the Jesus way instead of my way. And it's not that Christians are so much people that have gone from bad to good. Christians are people that have gone from dead to alive. We're the ones that have said, I, I, I was going my own way. I was doing my own thing. I was the Lord of my own life. But I have seen Jesus. And let me tell you, there is a better way than my way. There is a bigger Lord than me. There's someone worth following that far surpasses my own capacity to make decisions. There is someone that possesses more power. There is someone who is intellectually greater than I am. And it's a turning. He is Jesus and he is Lord. And so I'm not perfect, but I once was dead. But now I have said yes to the risen savior. And now I've got Jesus at work inside of me. And I'm alive on the inside. My prayer for us today is that we would celebrate that he is alive. And that you would begin to ask the question, am I alive? Like how alive am I? Like how much of the good news of the resurrected savior has brought me life? And that's my prayer. My prayer is that today we would go just, just full on. Like I know Easter Sunday, we're kind of maybe, maybe, maybe I should do a song and dance and tell some funny jokes. I just don't feel like it. But I feel like today is just to say, man, Jesus, whoo, he's better than anything the world has to offer. He is awesome. So we're going to look at Luke 24. We're going to keep going in that text. And I want you to see, if you'll just skip forward to verse 13, I want us just to read a story today. And it's a story of two guys that, that got a little disappointed in the way that things turned out. In other words, they were followers and we don't know exactly the level to which they had relationship with the disciples, but we find in the text that they did have relationship with the 12 disciples. And so these were guys that came to Jerusalem and they saw Jesus die. And it's an interesting story because they had this hope and this expectation that Jesus, man, he would defeat the Romans, not die at the hand of the Romans. They had this hope that Jesus would, would change their lives in the way that they wanted their lives to be changed. And they had no idea that Jesus was not going to do this their way. He was going to do it his way. And the good news is, is that the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, goes, this isn't about kind of power over all the people. It's the power under. And he, the servant king, allows himself to die on a cross. But in the midst of that moment where these guys are really being governed by Roman rule, there's this disappointment like jesus why didn't you do this our way and our temptation sometimes in our own walk with jesus is as we go through circumstances to possess a disappointment with jesus as well like jesus why why won't you do things my way you know ever been there ever been disappointed with jesus jesus i have sk skills and gifts and talents and this isn't the way that i expected to use them <laughs> i expected to be on tv 
I expected the blank. I expected for me to, my business to be far better. I expected, I, I don't know what, maybe what I expected, but I expected it to be something different than this. And you've got these disciples, they're leaving Jerusalem. They're going back home to this town called Emmaus. And they're returning home, and there's this sadness in the text where we find even a sense of hopelessness, like it just did not turn out like I had expected. And it didn't go like I thought. And Jesus is at work, and Jesus is doing literally the greatest moment in history and the crucifixion and the resurrection, but the disciples couldn't see the Jesus way. And so there was sadness because he didn't do it the way we thought he should. It's amazing sometimes how Jesus is smarter than you are, (laughs) isn't it? It's amazing how often we look at things and we've got a reason we're justified to be sad. We're justified to be annoyed. We're justified to be disappointed. And yet the challenge for each one of us is to make this choice. You know what? Okay, I can't see. I am not omniscient. I am not omnipotent. I can't see all things, but Jesus, you are. And so in the midst of this journey that is not the journey that I would have expected or wanted, I trust you. I know for me in my own journey, some of you, this is your first time at Radiant Church. And for me, when I... When I when I really came to encounter Jesus, like had a moment with Jesus, I grew up a pastor's kid and man, I loved and respected my dad. And I, I, I can't remember a day where I wasn't desiring to follow Jesus. I, I saw Jesus in my father. And, and so I just, I just, I never had the day where I kind of, you know, I never did the hyper prodigal rebellion at age seven. You know I mean? I just, it was, it was just Jesus from when I was a kid. But when I was 12, when I was 12, I went through really the, the hardest season of my life, 12, 13, 14, and junior high. And I went through just an experience where I suddenly was friendless. I went through a moment where I, I really felt, I mean, I felt bullied. I felt emotionally bullied and physically bullied, and, and, I, and, I, and it was the darkest season. In my life, I look back at those days and the amount of emotional sadness that I experienced was the most heightened I've had in my life. And I remember in those days feeling like, I just, I don't know what I think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm so discouraged. It's hard for me to kind of get my head above water because things are not going like I wanted. I mean, I wanted to be, I wanted to be what every 12-year-old wants to be. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to have friends and I wanted to be athletic and I wanted to be liked and yeah, when I look back at my journey now, I would say to you unashamedly that there is no greater season in my life than age 12, 13, and 14. Like the root system that I developed in those years where Jesus became who I leaned upon and Jesus became my all in all. And, and then for me, I spent 20 years doing youth events across the country telling teenagers that Jesus can become their strength. And I look back at, at my life right now and Jesus was doing something. Jesus was working in a broken moment. Jesus was at work and I couldn't see it. And I just want to give you encouragement today. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know your journey. Kind of like these guys leaving Jerusalem, seeing the crucifixion, the one that they had hoped would save them. To them looked dead.
gone, over. And they're walking their journey back home, hopeless. But here's where we pick up this text. Because Jesus actually comes to them in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their sadness. Look at this text. Luke chapter 24, we'll just keep going. It it says this in verse 13. That very day, which day? Easter Sunday morning. Not like one Easter, the Easter. The day. The very day, two of them were were going to a village called Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem. So maybe a couple hour walk, depending on how fast they walked. And they were talking with each other about all, they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. What things? They were talking about the crucifixion. They were talking about Jesus, talking about what had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near. Hey, everybody, in the midst of your journey, Jesus draws near. For real. Like this was their story, but this is your story. Jesus joins them in the midst of it. And went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Imagine this moment, the God of the universe, he dies, he's defeating sin and Satan forever and ever. He comes back, he's the resurrected savior, and he comes and he starts asking questions to some average dudes. Like, what's up? Like, let's just talk. I mean, it's not a moment where he comes back and he's thunderous and declarative. He comes back and he's asking questions. And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas, bummer of a name, answer, sorry, if your name's Cleopas, I'm just kidding. Uh, I hope you come back. Uh, Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? Cleopas, can you imagine how much of a bummer he realized he talked down to Jesus? Like, oh, Oh, are you, are you the, what are you, are you, are you the only one in Jerusalem doesn't know? Are you a, what, eh. I just imagine if you're Cleopas, you're like, oh, I should have known. <laughs> and he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to the condemned to death and crucified him. I love that. Cleopas, he gives the gospel of Jesus Christ to Jesus Christ (laughs) and doesn't know it's Jesus Christ. It's just kind of awesome. It's like one day, you know, you get to heaven, you're like, what's up, Cleopas? My name's David. I I preached to teenagers and we started a church called Radiant Kansas City. He's like, I'm the first one ever to preach the gospel of Jesus to Jesus. (laughs) Got me. All right, anyway. Uh, okay, uh, but, but here it is. Here's the phrase, but we had hoped. There it is. But we had hoped. You can feel the sadness. It says they were sad and they were hopeless. But here's what we had hoped Jesus would do. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels and said he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And then Jesus speaks up, oh, foolish ones, ah, oh, 
If you're Cleopas, mm. oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures and the things concerning him. Jesus reveals Jesus through the scriptures. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And here it is. And their eyes were opened. Ah, and they recognized him. And then he vanished from, from their sight. <laughs> I just read it. I don't know why. It's pretty amazing. It's this epic walk along the road, break the bread, communion, see me, bam, gone. <laughs> they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened to them on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Jesus he finds them on their journey. I just think it's interesting because I don't know your journey and I don't know where you're at. But if you can imagine that the creator, the God of the universe, he comes and he's a man. He lives perfectly on planet earth. He dies on a cross. A death that he does not deserve, but he does it in your place for your sin. And he's lived perfectly and he's going to redeem the planet. Three days later, he dies on Friday. Three days later on Easter, he raises from the dead. And it is, it is for all nations. And it is the Lord of all lords. You might think that the moments that we see him would be these massive. Maybe he returns and it's an epic worship service, right? I mean, it's hundreds of people, thousands of people. Maybe when he comes back, I don't know if, if it were me, and, I'm, and this might sound sacrilegious, but if it, if it were me, I think I'd just go on the revenge tour, you know, like, what's up, pilot? I'm back. <laughs> Should have listened to your wife. Stop now. I mean, you know, like, I mean, he, he could have come back and he could have gone to all these different places and demonstrated power and he could have done anything. And yet I find this story in Luke 24 where Jesus comes and we've got these stories where the first person that he appears to is Mary Magdalene, and she's in the culture, the, the broken of society, and yet she's the one that loves him, and, and Jesus comes back, and he looks at her and talks to her, and, and, and not only her, but then he comes to what I would call just average guys, like just not, not people that we know anything about other than this text. I mean, Matthew, Mark, John, they don't include it. Luke gives us this window, but it's Cleopas. And his friend. And we don't know who his friend is. And we really don't know much about Cleopas. It's just two average guys that were a little disappointed. Like everything didn't turn out. And Jesus finds them. Starts asking questions. What's up? 
What are you doing? So, so what do you think? So, and I just don't know how you feel, but how I feel a lot of the time is I just feel like I'm this average person and the good news that the risen savior would show up to average people is pretty good news. That he doesn't just show up to the rich and famous. He doesn't just show up to the kings or the powerful. That he shows up in the midst of what I would call a monotonous walk down a dusty road. And I love that he even shows up to people who are feeling no hope. And that might be you today. That might be, hey man, maybe you haven't been to church in years. You're just like, hey, I, I heard about this crazy little church that just started in some school somewhere. It's going to go today. But my prayer is that maybe you might experience the good Savior. It's going to find you. He is the God that cares. He is the God that finds the average, the people that are just a little bit discouraged. And he is at work in what feels to you like chaos. What feels to you like this is not what I expected. I did not expect to be 52 and, and facing what I'm facing. I did not expect fill in the blank. But you have one and he finds you. He finds you in the midst of whatever you're walking through on your journey back to Emmaus. Because these guys, it's interesting because even here in the text, they're saying, hey, we've heard the stories that uh, some of the ladies were saying that, that, that he's alive. But if, if I read it, they're, they're sad, they're filled with hope, and they're leaving Jerusalem, and they're going home. In my brain, they don't believe it. In my brain, they're just going, oh, just, I'm done. Just, I don't know. Didn't, didn't work out. <laughs> and Jesus shows up. And my prayer is that you would experience that today. That even in your journey as you move forward, that you would know he's still chasing people down. And he'll find you. He'll find you in whatever you're walking through, no matter how disappointed. And then I love this because Jesus, he finds them. And then he, he reveals himself to them. Like in the text here, we have this moment where he actually walks through the scriptures and he points out, this is me, this is me, this is me. And you know these scriptures and this is where I'm at. And I don't know what that looked like. But I can imagine moments where he's kind of walking and showing him an exodus. And he's saying, you see this Passover lamb? I'm the lamb. You're the lamb? I'm the lamb. Ooh, wow. Hey, guys, see this text that said that the Messiah would not only be the Passover lamb, but be born in Bethlehem and a descendant of David. Guess what? Born in Bethlehem. Ooh, really? Really? Ah, and he walks through the Old Testament text and he reveals to them who he is as the Messiah. And friends, in our journey, one of the things that will help you in your journey every day is if you see him more. Like he wants to reveal himself to you. And if you'll get before God and open up the word of God, and just make that your prayer. Hey, Jesus, will you show yourself to me? Will you reveal yourself to me? One of the greatest encounters you'll ever have is when it's just your moment. It's just your moment. It's so wild when you meet someone who Jesus has done something in their life and, and they're alive with it. Their, their eyes are lit and they're excited. And they're, why? Because 
because Jesus has revealed himself to them, and there's nothing greater. I mean, when the, when the living word reveals the written word to you, whoo, man, it's pretty powerful. And, and you don't have to wait for a podcast. You don't have to wait for a sermon. You don't have to wait for a Sunday experience. You don't, you don't have to wait for any of those things. Here's what can happen. Just you and Jesus, word of God, and Jesus goes, I'll reveal myself to you just like I did for Cleopas and his buddy. He'll reveal himself to you. He desires. You could just even make that your prayer. God, I just pray for revelation. Just reveal Jesus to me. Paul prays it in Ephesians 1. It's just his prayer. Hey, will you, and make that your prayer. Just get out your Bible and start in the Gospels maybe. Just start reading about Jesus and just say, hey, Jesus, will you show yourself to me? One of the things that Renata and I do, we have this little Bible called the Storybook Bible, and it's for our kids. And uh, so Renata and I bought this Bible to read to our children only to realize <laughs> how much we don't know. <laughs> and you know it's bad when you've got a master's degree in theology and you're like, oh, I should read this more often. How's the Storybook Bible? Because I'm learning a lot. Because in this Bible, the idea of the author is he takes every single Old Testament text and he just ties it to Jesus. And you start having these aha moments where you're like, oh, wow, aha, awesome. And it's that little thing on the inside that goes, wow, Jesus, you really are great. You really are awesome. And so I was going to preach today out of a storybook Bible, but then I just thought the new people would be like, that's not my church. That guy's not too bright. Um, <laughs> But I do recommend it. <laughs> but my prayer is that, my prayer is that you would let Jesus reveal himself to you and that you would have a moment. And maybe it's even consistently day in and day out. Because then this is the great phrase, not only does he find you and reveal himself to you, but then it's this famous moment where they look at each other and they say, we're not hearts burning in us when he walked with us on the road, when he opened the scriptures to us. That is the way to live. I'm telling you, when you've got that little a burning heart start to flicker in your heart a little bit, and it's like, hey, <laughs> Jesus is real. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus, <laughs> he showed up. He found me in the midst of my boring, dusty walk in my average life, doing my average thing, making my $7 an hour depressed. But Jesus shows up. All of a sudden, the dusty road starts to be the glory moment, not the miserable moment. And all of a sudden, they're having this conversation about, hey, did you, did you feel that on the inside? Like, as he walked with us and we dialogued with Jesus and we didn't do life on our own, but we did life with Jesus, how life with Jesus was far better than life without Jesus. And in fact, as we did life with Jesus, our hearts burned within us. He revealed the scriptures to us. We saw Jesus live and in person. We saw Jesus in the scriptures and whoo. And I'm telling you, that is the most enjoyable way to live as a follower of Jesus where he has changed you, transformed you, redeemed you, saved you. And then you're dialoguing with him. You know him and you walk with him. And then you start saying, hey, I don't know how this works for you, but uh, I kind of like Jesus more than I like politics. I kind of I like Jesus more than I like sports. I kind of like Jesus more than I 
like fashion. I don't know how to explain it, but my heart's kind of burning within me. And the God of the universe wants to know me and walk with me. And the God of the universe has come to reside inside of me. And, and Jesus has set my heart ablaze. And, and you know what? Casual Christianity is miserable, but a burning heart is pretty awesome. Friends, casual Christianity is, is pretty rough. But burning heart, beautiful. And the good news is, is that the risen Savior, he takes the brokenhearted, and they have an encounter, and they connect, and he listens. He reveals himself, and the brokenhearted become the burning hearted. And you don't have to look at the burning hearted and make fun of them. You don't have to look at the burning hearted and say, it's not for me. No, we go through good days and bad days. And I'm not saying that the burning hearted are just the most expressive. I'm talking about the burning hearted where Jesus is their magnificent obsession. And Jesus is their passion. And then their next step was this. They're sitting there. Jesus vanishes. <sighs> is your heart burning? My heart's burning. Wow, 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 wow. It's awesome. And then... <laughs> The last thing is this, they get up and they go back to Jerusalem and they find the 11 and the 11 are like, ah, yeah, he's already appeared to Peter. And they're like, let me tell you my story. And they give their Jesus story on their road, their journey. Why? Hearts are burning. Jesus has appeared to them, and they can't help but talk about their experience with Jesus. Friends, the greatest way that the world will hear about Jesus is not necessarily what you can memorize. It's not necessarily all the different things you can say other than this. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Let me tell you about how awesome he is. <laughs> and the, the hopeless, the sad, <laughs> they were sad. They were hopeless, and they become the ones, shining, excited. Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Friends, I dream about a church where people who are ardent, people who have kind of disappointed, encounter the risen Savior, and we just create environments. We can't do it, but Jesus can do it, and Jesus is faithful to do it over and over and over again. And then he reveals himself, hearts come alive, and when hearts are alive, then it's easy to talk about the one that you love. That's my prayer for you today. My prayer is that Jesus would set your heart ablaze. And I want to invite you, in just a moment we're going to pray, but I, I want to do something unique here on this first Easter we have together. And I just told you, I'm really kind of getting into this, getting to know who's here and <laughs> praying over you. And, and I just kind of want to know kind of where you're at. And so this is, this is a little bit different, but on this, on this card right here, I've just created, it's real simple. It's real easy to kind of tease about, but I just kind of want to know where you're at. And so I've just created this little, moment kind of for you to give me some feedback and here's what I want to invite you to do I want you to mark A, B, C, D, A, B, C or D and this is it, it's just A if you're like, hey David, already a follower 
following Jesus. B, maybe today you're making that choice and you're like, I wanna follow Jesus. And if that's you, I just want you to just, just put B in. That's the best decision you'll ever make. And then I want you, if you're C, you're like, hey, I'm, not, I'm not following Jesus, but uh, I'm interested. I might be, close, I'm not cold to the idea. And then maybe mark on their D if you're like, I don't, I don't think I ever will. Because I want to know where you're at. And, and one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that the Lord is starting this new church. But I need to, I want to know. I want to know what's going on inside of you. And of course, my prayer is that as the years go by, there's lots more A's, lots more B's. As people come to know Jesus. But I want to invite you, if you would, if you just be so bold and mark that, put that in the bucket as it goes by in just a minute. I want to invite you just to stand with me on Easter here. Let's take a moment. Let's thank Jesus for what he's doing. Celebrate him. Jesus, we honor you today. We love you today. We've decided Jesus' way is better than our way. We ask, Lord God, for your help and your strength. I just pray for my friends today. Pray that you would reveal yourself to them just like you did for these followers on the road to Emmaus. I pray, Lord, that you would touch them. I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen them, reveal yourself to them. Jesus, you're so good. I pray that whatever they're going through, whatever thing that's causing discouragement or sadness, I pray that you would be their strength as they journey. And I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. I pray that there would be moments today, God, in the years to come, we're a people that encounter you and you set our hearts ablaze. God, we want to be faithful witnesses of Jesus to this city and the nations of the earth, God. So on Easter Sunday morning, we celebrate Jesus. You're the risen Savior. We love you. And you're worth telling the whole world about. You're worth following. You're worth giving everything for. We honor you. We love you. If today you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, it's the best decision you could ever make. I just want to pray with you. And so I just want you just where you're at. Just, just, just want to buy you just to repeat this prayer after me. And you can just kind of do it quietly at your seat. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything. But I just want to invite you just to pray this. Whether I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Thank you that he lived the life I could not live. Thank you that he gave his life for me. Today, I choose to follow Jesus. Come be the Lord of my life. Come be in me. Come save me. I enter into relationship with you. 
want to be covenant friends. I want to do life with you. I want to spend eternity with you. So come be in me. Heal me and save me and forgive me. And I'll walk with you. And I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Jesus the shout out today. Can we do that? The biggest shout out? Yeah. I'm going to give you a second. Would you just go ahead and just fill out that card right now just as, just as I talk to you for just a second. I just want to tell you how grateful we are that I know that you've got a lot of things going on in your journey, in your life. And my prayer is that over the years to come, the Radiant Church would be a place where we really experience God, where we really build from the place of prayer. Not a dream to influence our city, that thousands of people would come to know Jesus in Kansas City. God's put it in our heart, not just to build out a place of prayer, but to influence young people. So we've got a dream that this would be a place where young people encounter God from the days of their youth. We want to see it influence our city, and we want to see it influence our nation. God has been miraculously working. I wish I could tell you the stories. I, I, I mean, I can't. People always ask me, so how's it going? I'm like, I can't even. And I, I'm a grown man, and I start crying. I just, I, I can't help but be so excited. Because it's like God is at work, and when you're, when you're walking in a miracle, when you're walking in something that you just can't, you can't plan. I, I mean, honestly, I had, a, I had a pastor this week. He called me, and he said, hey, can I help you in any way? Said, All right. And I was just kind of being funny. And I, I said, well, I just send me a check. And I said, big amount. I was teasing. I was joking. He's my age. He's a church planner. And he goes, All right. And I said, Favor ain't fair, but it sure does feel good. Thank you, God. I just can't explain it. And then I'm like, God, why? And I just, I mean, I've literally just felt this message like he's going, with you. And we're experiencing a supernatural miracle. We're experiencing people coming to know Jesus every week. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you because this is not anything that people could do. It's something only God could do. So we're grateful to each one of you. So we're going to sing this last worship song as, as we give. I want to invite you, if you will, give gladly, give joyfully, and let's celebrate Jesus in worship. All right, go ahead and let's give and worship together. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.